from the Center for Conscious Communication, this is Leading Life. Hi everyone, my name is Stacy Carruth. I'm the founder of the Center for Conscious Communication, and this is Leading Life, a podcast spotlighting women business leaders who are making a difference, following their passion, and challenging the status quo. Today, I'm joined by Alicia Crispell, founder of Alicia Crispell Photography in Casper, Wyoming. For the last 14 years, on any given day, you can find Alicia in her portrait studio or in the great outdoors, photographing families, children, newborns, high school seniors, and engagement photographs. If you are one of her longtime clients or a more recent follower, you know Alicia has an eye for capturing and reflecting the beauty of everyone she photographs. Alicia's story, including the work ethic that has gotten her to where she is today, is as admirable as it is inspiring. I'm excited for Alicia to share her story here with you today on Leading Life. Welcome, Alicia. I'm glad to be here. I'm so glad for you to be here, too. Thank you for agreeing to be here on an early Monday morning. Yeah, of course. So I'd like to start at the beginning. I wonder for you, what did you study in school? And even more importantly, what did you want to be when you grew up? Well, I always had a dream of being a mother. And I am. I have three beautiful children. And... I feel like my dream evolved with the course of my life. So I grew up, um, my dad died when I was very young. I was two years old and my mom kind of became nomadic. And so she moved all over the Western part of the United States and then finally landed on the, the Eastern part of the United States. I've had different people that have influenced me throughout my life. And yeah, I finally moved um, out west when I was a young teen and my, my oldest brother finished raising me through, you know, high school. And I had a teacher, Mr. Richardson. He was um, the art teacher and he specifically taught digital photography and darkroom photography. And so he actually was my first influence towards the arts in that like he was like you really have an eye for photography and he actually gave me my first camera they were shifting old model cameras out and buying um digital cameras Mm -hmm. for the classroom and so he gave me one of the old cameras and he's like run with this like you have an eye you have a skill a gift go with it and so that was the very beginning of my photography journey um, I did at one point see myself as a nurse, and so very opposite <laughs> spectrum uh, jobs. And so after graduating high school, I, well, actually to back up a little bit, um, my junior year of high school, I started applying for the Daniels Fund Scholarship, which is a full ride scholarship. Mm-hmm. And so it's a two year application process. And you're obligated to go to certain uh, camps and meetings and put together a portfolio of applications to um, different schools, lots of essay writing, uh, stuff like that. 
Um, so essentially it's like it's a huge advocacy book for yourself, like why you deserve to have this scholarship. And I actually ended up getting that scholarship. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Really? And they only give it to like, I believe it's six to eight within the state. And so, and it's, it runs like, um, Colorado, Utah, Wyoming, and they've probably added states since then. Um, and so I ended up being a recipient of that scholarship, which was a huge blessing because otherwise I, you know, I had no means to go to college. I could have gotten maybe a handful of scholarships, but I wanted this one, right? So Mm -hmm. I could actually go. Um, and I ended up, I wanted to do uh, a double major nursing and photography. And I tried my first year, my freshman year, and it was daunting, like 22 credits is what I was taking and nothing overlapped. You know, I mean, anatomy and physiology and darkroom studies, like (laughs) nothing overlapped. And so my family pushed me to do, you know, continue with nursing. They're like, what are you even going to do with a photography degree? Like, what are you, like, you're going to be poor all the time, you know, (laughs) so on and so forth. And so after that first year, I was like, I can't do this for three more years. There's no way, like, I'm barely making it um, double majoring. And so kind of circling back, like my dream was to be an artist. And so I followed that dream and I dropped the nursing degree and I went full in, um, fine art photography. Wow. Well, that says a lot about your work ethic. I think that you dedicated yourself to getting that scholarship so Mm -hmm. early in your life and being so directional and also then going for art as well, because I have this image of being, you know, very directional, knowing exactly what you want to do. And then art can be such a free form, um, you know, kind of go with the flow kind of thing. So it seems like you balance those two things within yourself in this really beautiful way. Thank you. Yeah. I think the, the whole process, I, I was able to follow my heart in all of it. And I feel like anyone in the art world is very much driven by heart. So MSU mm-hmm. was where you went. MSU Bozeman, yes. Okay. And were you living in Casper at the time or did you decide after MSU to move to Casper? How did that work? So I was actually living in Douglas. I had moved in with my younger brother he had an apartment there and so during the summers I'd work at the coal mines um they had this crazy program so if you had um like uh a parent or a guardian that worked at the coal mine I don't even know if they still do it um you they had a summer program so you could come back and work and then that was all my money I saved all my money lived with my brother and, um, and then that was my money to ride me out through the school year. So, um, wow. I bet you made pretty good money in the coal yeah. mines. I'm I mean, guessing. it was for, you know, I think I was like, I was 18 when I went to college and yeah, it was like 20 bucks an hour, mm. something like that. Yeah. You so, don't make that as an 18 year old generally. No, but I mean, it was a long, 
dirty days. Mm-hmm. I worked in the plant, and so we would hose down after a train would load. We would hose down all the coal debris so it wouldn't combust and create a fire. Wow. And so I would be covered like head to toe, like black soot everywhere. You earned that twenty dollars. I an hour. earned the twenty bucks an hour. <laughs> so, and I'd pick up extra shifts and just save as much as I could. So that way I wouldn't really have to work a ton during school. I could focus on school. So, Wow. Yeah. Well, I, I really admire all of that. That is <laughs> really incredible. Your work ethic is uh, something you don't always see. So just to, yeah, just to shout that out, that's really something. You knew that you wanted to be a photographer. Mm-hmm. And you like the dark room Mm -hmm. and digital photography too, or how was that? Yeah, so a combo of film and digital. So alt process photography is really where my passion was. So it's all of the processes from the beginning of times of photography. So cyanotype, gum dichromate, tintype, um, the list goes on. But... um, that was my passion. Um, but yes, dabbling in the digital realm, like and learning Photoshop and Lightroom um, was part of that process too. But my passion was the dark room. Like that's where I that's where I spent most of my time. So, mm. Yeah. And I know that you do a lot of uh, family photographs mm-hmm. and seniors Mm -hmm. I saw as well and babies Mm -hmm. some of the cutest little baby (laughs) pictures ever is that what you were interested in in school or did you have something else in mind no so when I was in school I did everything was super fine art so my senior thesis project was the metamorphosis of a butterfly but I used um, human uh, women models And I would take them to like these old barns, wrap them in a tool, and then use a really like slow shutter speed to make them look like they were flying. Um, And so very conceptual art, um, it like was where I started. And that's, you know, that's where I was like, okay, when I graduate, like I'm, this is what I'm doing. I'm just going to create art. And then there was a huge like... (gasps) you know, how am I, how, what was the business side of this? You know, like I had no idea how to do that. So working for Audrey, I was like, okay, so this is how you make a living doing photography. You have to photograph people in kind of an element that they want to be in. So like the family portraiture and stuff like that, I kind of do a, a wide array of things from like corporate headshots to newborn babies and seniors and engagements, weddings, mm-hmm. all of the things. But it was more, how am I going to survive is kind of how um, my photography morphed quickly after um, I graduated MSU. And it's sad in a way because I've lost all of my you know, I, I don't have a dark room mm-hmm. and I'm not creating art for myself, which is in my radar. It's coming like I'm, you know, that is where my passion is, is creating art. And I love photographing families and seniors and, and all of that, but it's just different. 
you know, mm-hmm. um, you're creating and you're expected, you have expectations, your client has expectations for a photo shoot, whereas art is, it's very much more freeing, you know, I can do whatever I want and I don't care if someone buys it or not, like, mm-hmm. and the sad part of that is I've kind of lost that piece of me, which, um, I've been doing an Ayurvedic um, class, and it talks all about like the evolution of the of self, right? And and how you can you don't have to think about oh I've I've lost that piece of myself. It just needed to sit aside for a moment, and it can always come back. Mm-hmm. And so, just nurturing that is where my next step will be. Mm. So. The practicalities of having a photography career Mm -hmm. and also holding this spot and looking into the future of how you're going to bring that very artistic and freeing um, part of you back that you that you got through this butterfly metamorphosis in school. Yeah. I think that sounds incredible. I want to see that, actually. Yeah, of course. I still have some of the pieces. Oh, um, I, would, I would hope so. Yeah, I've donated a lot to... Um, I donated a bunch of them to a fundraiser for a cancer patient um, years ago, and they did really well. Mm-hmm. Um, they raised quite a bit of money for... Well, very generous of you as well. I know all of these parts and pieces are coming in and really painting a picture of you, Alicia. I love that. So let's go back to Audrey. So when you graduated from Mm -hmm. MSU Mm -hmm. and moved to Casper, not Mm -hmm. back to Douglas, but to Casper, um, you needed a job. Mm -hmm. So let's talk a little bit about that. What did that look like? Yeah, I just, I started searching. I applied for several different jobs. I even ended up working for the city of Casper for a little while until I could connect with Audrey. It took several months to connect with her because she was very busy um, doing her thing. So, um, yeah, I ran the rubber tire ruler for the city of Casper for... Like four months. Wow. <laughs> yeah. What is what is the rubber tire roller? I'm so you know sure the about. like the big rollers that they have that smash down the pavement after they lay fresh pavement. Yeah. Well, this is kind of a rendition of that, and it's for dirt. And so someone would go through and blade like an alley in Casper, and then I go over it with the rubber tire roller and pack it down. Oh my <laughs> gosh, it's like your coal mine days are yeah. coming back in handy, right? Yeah, I think that got me the job, <laughs> right? So you had some experience yeah. in like heavy construction. Yeah, it's kind of funny. So um, I finally got a hold of Audrey and she interviewed me. Um, and yeah, I started working almost immediately after that because um, she had a position open up. And so I just yeah. want to be clear Audrey is Audie Jean. Audie Jean. From Audie Jean Photography. Yep, Audie yeah. Jean's Photography, and it's Audrey Jean's is her name. Okay. And she has been my, a kind of a slew of things in my life. So my boss. And then uh, my mentor and now one of my dearest friends. Mm -hmm. And so um, we still bounce ideas off of each other. And she really helped me get going um, on the business side of things. Like, how do you get clientele? Like, how do you keep clientele? 
pricing pricing structures for what makes sense for the output of work that you're creating yeah a whole a whole slew of things like emotional support through all of it um i did subcontract work for her um shortly after um i left as an employee her business um i was getting ready to have my daughter kada my oldest and so it was time to part ways because I knew that motherhood needed to, at that point, come first. Like, this brand new baby, first time mom, I had no idea what I was doing, but I was super <laughs> excited. And I wanted something with flexibility to where I could still work because I love to contribute to the financial part of my, you know, our household. But yeah, taking a step away, I subcontracted uh, for her. So she would, you know, have a stack of edits that needed to happen. And so remotely she would send me photos and I would edit those orders and then send them back or order the product like through her accounts and stuff like that. And then they would go directly to her studio. So I did that for a while and then I had a toddler and so things got a little crazy, but I did start building my clientele throughout that whole subcontracting process and I think I was taking, I mean, it was hard. I was like handing out cards at the mall. Like, oh, you have a cute kid. Like, here you go. Like trying not to be the creeper, right? But <laughs> trying to advocate for myself. I just didn't know how else to kind of go about it. And so I started building clientele. I probably, the first year while subcontracting for Audrey, I probably had 10 photo shoots the first year. Mm. which was like, this is never going to work. Mm -hmm. A little discouraging. Yeah. But still focusing, like my husband had a very lucrative job and so I didn't have to make money. Um, And that's not even what it was about for me. I wanted to build this, my own thing. Mm -hmm. Like I saw what Audrey had and I was like, that's what I want. Now I know that's what I want for myself. When before I was like, no, I do not want my own business. But I found a sense of like freedom in it where I can make my own schedule and still be present for my daughter and contribute, right? And make art, but in a different way. So, yeah. Kind of checked all the boxes. Yeah, checked all the boxes. Um, And then, you know, raising my daughter, like, I was like, okay, something's got to give. So, like, my fine art kind of went in a little sidebar. Um... However, I regret not continuing with it, so. Yeah, maybe just having a little bit of that mixed in with the other photography that you were doing. Yeah. Yeah. In hindsight, right? Yeah. Well, we cannot, you know, we hindsight is twenty twenty for yeah, sure. Absolutely. So when you graduated from school, you didn't have the idea that you were going to start a business. You really just were looking for a job where you could make some money. Mm-hmm. How long did you work for Audrey? Um, I worked for like two and a half, three years, and then subcontracted only for like six months maybe. Mm-hmm. So it was easier for her to have someone in-house editing. Mm-hmm. Being remote was a little bit more challenging, especially for specialty orders with lots of notes. Um, oftentimes I found myself calling to try to figure out like what, what was happening, like the specifics of the order. Mm -hmm. And so it became kind of cumbersome. Right. 
um, in a lot of ways. And so, so it's yeah. time to transition. Yeah. It sounds like. Yeah. And so my very first studio was in our very first house that we bought. I would take everything in the living room and put it in the garage and set up studio in the living room of my house. Oh, wow. <laughs> yep. And then later, uh, my husband remodeled the garage, a one-car garage, mind you, and that was my very first actual studio space. Ooh. So. So it was it was cramped, I'm guessing, and yeah. at the same time, I'm, I would guess that it would be really liberating as well yeah. to have your own space and kind yeah. of a celebratory something. Yeah, it was, it was, it was amazing. I was like, okay, here we go. This is the start, right? So you so. had 10 clients in your first year, which really averages out to less than one per month, yeah. right? Yeah. And then it started to build. It started to build. Um, I probably doubled or tripled it within the next year. So word of mouth is what because I wasn't using social media or anything like that. So word of mouth is, you know, how I started kind of building. Mm-hmm. Um, and I still was handing out my business card, like, here and there. And by year five, it exploded. Like, I was I was busy. I was doing probably five to six shoots a week, which was a lot for, wow. you know, a beginning business, even though I was rolling for like five years but um yeah so it exploded from there and then it's like I've built every year like and Mm -hmm. I get lots of new clientele and I have lots of returning like loyal clients too so Mm. well it says a lot about you as well that people want to come back again yeah So what were the major hurdles in your business? It sounds like it took five years, but then it really took off. But, you know, looking back, what would you say are the the stumbling points? Uh, Definitely balancing motherhood um, and work life. Um, That was one of the biggest challenges. And still wanting my business to, you know, progress and grow and not being able to say no to opportunity and then trying to hone it back in and focus on my children. I think that has and still is one of the biggest hurdles of running my business is being a mom and a, and a business owner. Um, also, I guess a big another piece would be um, just trying to figure out the value. What, what's my value, right? Mm. What is my time worth? Um, cause f- photography is very time intensive. Like it's not, I feel like there's kind of a, a misconception of all the time that goes into, um, a photo shoot. So there's pre-planning, um, with outfits and, uh, locations and making sure everyone's schedules align and then the actual shoot itself. And then it's hours behind the computer afterwards prepping, the session for the client to even view and mm. then an ordering appointment and then actually editing the product and then getting the product to the client. So there's a lot of behind pieces that, so time, time, babies yeah. and time yeah. are huge hurdles. Yeah. And I think a, a hurdle that I am trying to um, overcome right now is Focus, like I'm trying to figure out, 
if I want to niche um, and just focus on a certain clientele or if I still want to continue to kind of be a, like a jack of all trades, you know, mm-hmm. um, that's really challenging for me. I, we'll see what comes of it. <laughs> yeah, still in process. <laughs> yes. Yes. Yeah. So you had your one daughter uh, and that's when you left Audrey and yep. Audie Jeans. And then you had uh, more kids after that as yeah. well. So you have three. Yes. So we actually left our first little house um, because we wanted to build our family. Um, we wanted more children. And so we moved. Um, we ended up keeping our little our little house. Mm-hmm. Um, we were able to do that financially. So it worked out and we turned it into a rental and then we, shortly after we moved into our new house, um, we had my second daughter, Cambry. Mm-hmm. And so things became even more challenging. <laughs> <laughs> time. Yeah, time. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it's still a juggling act. And I think it will always be. And just prioritizing is, mm-hmm. is huge. Yeah. So, yeah, so you had then a business and two kids and an extra house. Mm-hmm. And I think if I'm correct in this, you rented that house then. Is yeah. that? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so we turned it into a long-term rental. Um, and it did okay. We had some kind of bad experiences, but overall it was a good experience. And it currently, since last December is now an Airbnb, and mm-hmm. so um, it's doing really well now. So, yeah. Yeah, so making the best of what you have as well. Yeah, and we wanted to keep it, too, because there was a sense of nostalgia with it. Like, I brought me, we brought our first daughter home. Mm. My first studio was there. Like, lots of memories, so. Yeah. 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 Now, that keeps you busy, too, though. Is that true? I think yes. when I talked to you, there was a lot of cleaning schedule and things that went into that, too. So tell me a little bit about that. Yeah. So we actually have two rental properties that are Airbnbs, um, and I am currently managing both of those and running my photography business. Oh, yeah, and I'm a mom. <laughs> uh, so it's a little wild, but, um, yeah, I think it's challenging because I am currently doing all of the cleaning for that. So um, I'm taking on less photo shoots, actually, to try mm-hmm. to balance out some of the busy um I don't really want to be that busy. I want to spend time with my kids. I mean, kind of had like a, you know, this 13th birthday for my oldest daughter. I was like, whoa, we have six more years and then she's going to be off doing her own thing. And so, yeah, time is, you know, so precious. So anyhow, yes, trying to get uh, the Airbnbs off the off the ground. We literally just started one of them. Uh, we opened it and listed it on September 29th and it booked on September 29th of last year and it's just been packed since. So it's been really great. Wow. I started off my pricing a little low on the cleaning fee and so I'm kind of eating that right now with my time Mm. (laughs) Um, until I get that balanced. Um, Then I'll hire all of that out. So... 
It's a live and learn though. It is. Yeah. Yeah. And it's great. I mean, we're busy with them. Like we were nervous to do it because it's not guaranteed, right? Mm -hmm. It's not a guaranteed income. Just like the arts, it's not a guaranteed income. Like people book you if they want to book you. Same with the Airbnbs. So it's a little risky, but with, you know, risk comes reward. Yeah. Yeah. And you're making it work. Yeah. Yeah. Right now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And then just learning. I love that because I think I think it's so valuable for anyone who decides to start any kind of business to know it isn't going to be perfect the first day. No. Everything absolutely not. evolves and and we learn and evaluate and make adjustments and mm-hmm. and just keep going, right? Yeah, absolutely. Kind of go with the flow and then Things will forever change if you're for if you're making changes. Then that means you're kind of honing it down to make it your own, and I think that's really important in running your own business. Right, and life changes. So yeah. you had a third baby too. Yes, right. So we had Creed. I don't, I don't want to leave Creed out. <laughs> yeah, no, he's so sweet. We added Creed. We were on the fence of whether we were going to have more children or not um, because there's a four-year gap between my middle daughter and Credence. And so God said we're having another baby. So (laughs) we had another baby. (laughs) And yeah, things got really crazy. I slowed down for a little bit, but um, with my photography business and then, yeah, we just kind of made it work. I've had amazing caregivers to my children um, throughout this whole process. So I'm very grateful for them. And yeah, my son starts kindergarten Mm. next month. Mm. It's crazy. So, Well, and that's the evolution as well. Like life evolves, our kids grow, things change with them all the time. We change. We have all of these things that uh, these dreams and you know, the art for you and wanting to go back to that as well and then the practicality of living life and taking care of things and and being financially secure as well mm-hmm. and then just go with the flow yeah love that <laughs> it seems like you're very able very capable of doing that yeah thank you so what do you love most about being a photographer Oftentimes people see their flaws, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and I feel like when I look at someone, I, from an artist's perspective, I'm like, wow, you're beautiful. Like, and let me tell you, let me show you how you're beautiful. And I can do that with a camera. Mm-hmm. And so um, I think that's a big piece for me. Bring someone to life through that. Like, seeing themselves in a different light, in a different perspective. I think ultimately that's what it's all about. Like, aside from, you know, the business end of it, I think that is kind of where my journey with portraiture um, started. Is like, wow, I can photograph you and make you see yourself how I see you. Mm -hmm. And... I think that's a really special piece of it. Wow, I love that because I think, yes, we do. We tend to see our flaws. And Mm -hmm. when we can see ourselves in a photograph taken by someone who really knows what they're doing, 
it is a magic. There's almost a magic to it. I've had people tell me that before. You're a magician <laughs> with a camera. I was like, oh, thanks. I'll take it. A friend told me years ago, you know, we don't see ourselves. We, we really don't see ourselves. We can see a reflection of ourselves in a mirror, but we don't actually, like, see ourselves. Yeah, you can and see so, the pieces, yeah. right? But as a whole... Yeah, we don't. So you can see people and then help them see themselves. Oh, I think that's beautiful. Thanks. So how would you say you've evolved as a photographer or a, did you say portrait? How do you say that? Portrait. A portrait photographer? Yeah. Like portraiture. Yeah, portraiture. <laughs> so the evolution. Um, I would say my work has become definitely stronger um, I look back at work when I first started in 2000, what year was that? Oh wait, maybe I don't want to say that. <laughs> uh, um, the quality of my work has definitely evolved and I think that's just experience and continual learning, um, trying new things. Um, but I've, I've gone to, um, kind of starting as a big introvert and forcing myself to extrovert so I could connect with my clients. My clients have taught me so much um, about connection and perspective through their different personalities. Mm. I think everyone relates a bit differently um, and our lenses are custom to ourselves. And so like a unique version of um, ourselves and with an open heart and mind um, true con connection can emerge. So I feel like the connection with my clients is also a big piece of the love, right? Mm -hmm. Um, and the evolution of my business. So mm -hmm. it's more than just taking a photo. So Alicia, it seems that you have these two threads that really run through your life that are incredibly important to you. I can feel how important your family is to you and also your photography business and your art as well. So maybe even three threads in that. It's almost like your art and your business combined, but there's also like the separateness of that as well. Mm -hmm. So how does all of that braid together? There's lots of overlap. So when my babies were little, I mean, I would be nursing and editing at the same time, or, you know, <laughs> <laughs> or I'd have a toddler climbing over top of me while I'm trying to send out emails. Um, and so it is forever a battle to um, give each one enough attention for fruition, I guess you will say. Um, but I'm learning, and my a big goal this year is delegation. Like, I've tried so hard to kind of, I've put all the weight, like, on myself. Like, I need to be, like, the best mom and be present all the time. And we can't do daycare. But, you know, and then I was like, I can't do this without help. And so I would send delegation, but not without guilt. Mm. Um, and so that was a whole other piece of trying, I was trying to find balance in my work, um, with my family, but then feeling guilty about 
okay, well, I'm choosing work over my family. And so mm-hmm. there's there's been this constant kind of and uh, like a tug pull in both directions. So even though both are fine, my business is doing fine, and my family, they're fine. Like my kids are healthy and beautiful and talented and all the things, but like there's this forever kind of pull of this shift between the two it doesn't always feel good yeah (laughs) and so this year through this Ayurvedic class that I have been taking I found that like I don't have to do it by myself I can delegate and that's okay like I I can delegate the things that make um less sense for me to be doing um not with the Airbnbs right now. We're just trying to get them off the ground, right? Um, but those beginning stages of anything, you know, I can later delegate to free up time. So, yeah, there's that constant pull between the two. Um, and it doesn't come without fail. Like, sometimes I'll miss a deadline, you know, or... Um, I've never forgotten to pick up a child, but, you know, like, uh, the deadline can, it can be pushed and my kids will come first. So, yeah. Yeah. So it sounds like you put a lot of pressure on yourself to really live in alignment with your values and kind of going back to that time thing that there's only so much time mm-hmm. to do so many things. Mm-hmm. And this idea, I think, that many of us women have that we need to do it all perfectly. Yeah. Perfectionism is crippling. Yeah. Yeah. So I think just doing the best that you can and realizing where you are needed most, prioritizing that is huge in raising a family and running a business. If you could go back in time and have a talk with your younger self, I wonder what kind of advice you might give to you about life or your career. Delegate from the Mm. (laughs) get-go. Do what you're best at doing. All the pieces in between that is your time. You can, you know kind of piece those out so you can be most present in the things that you're best at or where you're needed most. Mm -hmm. I wonder, it sounds like delegation to me sounds an awful lot like building a community. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, And there's a start to that. Like I found, um, I potentially found someone to start doing my editing um, for my photography business we need to set up a meeting and go through all the ins and outs of what that looks like, but it's a start. Mm -hmm. And then I've also delegated some of the cleaning for the Airbnbs, um, to free up my time so I can be more present with my kiddos. Summertime is the most challenging, you know, because everyone's home, right? Right. So this year is a time for more growth and evolution and in both family life and business life so Mm. well thank you Alicia thank you for being here thank you for your vulnerability (laughs) for really just sharing how it is I think you know we can get very caught up in 
just the glamorous, especially we have this idea that life is just beautiful and wonderful because that's what we see on social media. Right. And I think there's something really valuable about really sharing our stories and knowing that, yes, life is beautiful and we have a lot to be grateful for. And there are challenges and regrets and hard times too. And it's important to hear that. And I really appreciate that you are willing to share your story. Yeah, of course. Hopefully this can help someone or encourage someone to, you know, find follow their passion and, and start their own journey, knowing that there will be challenges, but also with great re- risk comes great reward. So yeah. thank that's, you for having me. That's a beautiful place to end. Thank you so much. Yes, you're welcome. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Leading Life, a production by the Center for Conscious Communication, hosted by me, Stacy Carruth. If you like today's show, please subscribe on YouTube, Spotify, or Apple Podcasts. And while you're there, don't forget to rate and review us. We love seeing you spread the word on social media. You can find us at the Center for Conscious Communication on Instagram and Facebook. We always want to know who you're interested in hearing on the show, so send in your requests to Stacy at the Center for Conscious.com. That's C O M M dot com. This episode was produced by Stacy Carruth and Ty Pierce. I'd like to thank Ty for his artwork and technical guidance. Music by Marcus Way. I'm Stacy Carruth, and you've been listening to Leading Life. And now for a mindful moment. Most of us spend a lot of time trying to repress or invalidate our feelings, saying things like, I shouldn't feel this way, or I'm fine when I'm really not fine. As we grew up, many of us were taught to hide or stuff our feelings with directives like, calm down, or stop crying, or I'll give you something to cry about. But feelings, even the hard ones, are natural and they're a valuable part of being human. Valuable because they hold so much information. They tell us what we want more of in our lives, they're windows to what we're thinking, and they clue us in to what doesn't work or where we may need to create some healthy boundaries. That's why I wanna spend a mindful moment sharing a few ways I notice my feelings and you might like to try as well. And then stay tuned for upcoming podcasts where I'll share how to interpret the messages that are held within our feelings. There are two questions I ask myself on purpose throughout the day, often when I'm driving, I'm waking up in the morning, or I'm going to bed at night, or when I notice a more intense feeling bubbling up. These can be asked separately, together, or interchangeably. Sometimes I simply ask myself, how am I feeling right now? Other times I start with, how am I feeling in my body? I notice I'm feeling something. What is that and where? Let's start with the second. Feelings aren't just in our minds. They are actual vibrations that cause sensation in our body. 
Taking a minute to notice where I'm feeling a sensation gives me a chance to enjoy the fun feelings even more or breathe in to move or relieve the unpleasant feelings in some way. Sensation words can include things like light, tingly, bubbly, or heavy, hot, or tense. It might be I notice that I'm clenching my jaw, or there are butterflies in my belly, or pressure in my chest. One of the many benefits about getting more familiar with our feelings is they're less scary. And when they're less scary, when we're less afraid of them, then we're more likely to hear the messages that they're trying to tell us. We can put words to our feelings too. By simply naming how we feel, it helps relieve the intensity of it. This is because when we name what we're feeling, our brain no longer attaches it to who we are, but instead simply a feeling that we're experiencing. So by simply asking myself, how am I feeling right now? I'm less at the mercy of my feelings because I'm more aware. The trick here is to name the feeling as accurately as possible. Most times this requires that I sit with it to get under that initial feeling that comes up. It takes a little bit of time to begin with, but with practice, it's pretty quick. For example, if I'm mad because someone cut me off in traffic, I can go beyond that feeling of mad and discover that I'm actually scared. If I'm feeling stressed out at work and I take a minute, I might discover I'm feeling guilty about not spending enough time at home, or I'm worried that I'm not measuring up. When I notice I'm in a good mood and I explore it a little bit more, I might find that I'm feeling relieved, excited, or hopeful. Growing our emotional vocabulary gives us so much more information about ourselves, who we are, what's important to us, and with practice, it even helps ground us in the midst of challenging circumstances. Whether you avoid your feelings at all costs or you feel them, but you don't know what the meaning is, learning to feel the sensations in your body and name them in a word is a vital step towards knowing yourself better, more of what you want in your life, and recognizing thoughts that may not be serving you. I hope you'll take a mindful minute or two out of your busy summer schedule to notice your feelings. For a long list of feeling words you may not have thought of, visit my website under resources where you'll find a couple of lists you can print or snap a picture of to refer to throughout your upcoming days.